Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi. Oh my gosh. I feel like we have not met for a while. (laughs) It does feel like a while. Yes. Oh my gosh. It has been. Wow. Okay. Hello again. Hello. Yeah. How are things going? Uh, Things are very good. Thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. I've just had a um, beautiful holiday in Mexico with my daughter (gasps) and uh, catching some sunshine, some reading some books, chilling out, nice dip in the pool. It's Mm. lovely. So nice to be in warm weather, isn't it? Oh, gosh. Did you guys get any, um, did you guys do any off resort, like crazy, massive margarita, you know, those huge, like, I don't know, they make these like big bong bongs of margaritas and stuff like that did you guys basically <laughs> no, go misbehaving to... no we didn't actually we were quite good um we uh we just stayed in the resort and didn't venture out this time because we've been before we did lots of lovely trips last time and we just decided that we we're gonna take full advantage of um doing absolutely sweet bugger all oh. and um eating lots of nice scrummy food but yes we did partake in margaritas oh very nice but not huge giant ones, just regular size. <laughs> totally. That's wonderful. Oh, wonderful. And so well deserved because yeah. you've been working really hard. Yes, it was much needed. Oh, so how are you, lovely? Well, so I'm from Greece uh, and I will be staying here if, um, yeah, one way to get booked. And So you are fully dispatched and uh, that is you. Yeah, I am in Greece now. For the foreseeable now. future. For the foreseeable future, one way ticket all, and I packed all my hopes and dreams in uh, in my suitcases and oversized luggage. And I very importantly brought my paddles here. And when wherever my paddles go, that's where home is. So there, there's been a very yeah, I'm in. So I'm really excited. It's a new adventure. Yeah, and I will keep everybody tuned. I am wondering how we get um, paddles on an airplane because oh, totally. <laughs> we struggle to get anything that's beyond the size of a miniature ah. um, suitcase on board. So oh. I'm not quite sure how you've managed that, but oh. fair play to you. Gosh, I tell you, like, I, and actually I've never negotiated oversized luggage and it is not cheap. Having said that, um, it was way cheaper to pension off my entire life and just bring essentially six backpacks full, like that was basically my move, um, and pay the extra baggage on an airplane, then do some sort of like thousands of dollars of hiring a moving company. So all in all, I, uh, going to nearly zero, like selling most of my stuff off and then, you know, kind of paying a little bit of extra overweight baggage. Um, and actually things didn't turn out that bad. And so far as I can tell, things weren't broken. So I think everything is okay. Yeah, weirdly, it's everything's good. going all right. It's good. I'm knocking on wood, which is basically me like tapping on my head, um, <laughs> because things have been really um, smooth. I think that important things in life you have to really work for, and they'll be challenging, and you have to keep overcoming. Mm-hmm. But then there are certain things where it all feels like okay. I mean, it's hard work, but it, it the doors open up, and then I've been yeah. finding that knock on wood with this move to Greece that for some reason. The sun has been smiling for some reason on this particular move. I don't know why. Life isn't often that easy. Well, long may it continue, my lovely. 
And when the storm does come, I'm just like, I've got some jackets and I don't mind hanging out there in the rain <laughs> if I have to, so long as I've got a warm beverage and uh, good company. And that's all that you need. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So speaking of, I now, were you, a, did you miss the heat wave in, in, uh, in Jersey? <laughs> well, <laughs> this will literally make you laugh, right? So I have not been plagued with the, um, oh. or I have been plagued, should I say, with uh, weather disasters. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we left Jersey and it was, um, the weather wasn't so great. Yeah. Then I, I reckon pretty much we went, we had a day in London before we flew off to Mexico. So that was really mm. nice. And the weather was okay. It wasn't kind of too hot, wasn't too cold. Um, we were able to sit outside and have like a little drink and stuff. That was quite nice. And then... Um, the following day we flew off to Mexico and I think the day that we flew off then um, and left the vicinity of kind of the Channel Islands in the UK, the sun decided it was going to come out. Oh and then uh, we arrived in Mexico and we were sat having um first evening meal. So we got there in time to kind of have dinner mm-hmm. and uh, you just won't believe it. The heavens just opened. <gasps> what? No, it rained in Mexico. Outside in this restaurant, it was kind of undercover, but I mean, the rain was so heavy, like you could literally (gasps) see it bouncing. So we had to kind of move in a little bit. So we could still kind of stay outside. It was still warm enough, but yeah, the the skies did open. So we did have, I think we had one day where it was kind of a bit thundery and dark and wasn't quite as nice as the rest of them but it was one day so we embraced it for all it was and uh, enjoyed it anyway but yeah they had lovely gorgeous heat wave and then of course the second we come back we come back and it starts raining oh my gosh I tell you it feels like rain has been like following you around like uh, cat fur on a on a black jacket (gasps) oh gosh it has indeed it has indeed well yeah so good. I'm not going to complain. Warm inside, <laughs> so that is good. Okay, all right. Exactly. And is it full on fall? Have you guys gotten into? Uh, is it the descent into Christmas? No, we did actually have. Um, yeah, no, we've had some some decent weather still. So yeah, oh, I'm going to hold on to it as long as possible. Ah, well, speaking of holding on to sunshine, what's going on at the desk Ooh. of love, Miss Relationship Correspondent? Yes. So on the desk of love today. We are going to talk about relationships with siblings. Oh, geez. Gosh, why is this on topic for me? <laughs> Couldn't come at a better time. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought this, I came across this um, kind of little post around um, relationships with siblings and I thought it was quite interesting. So it says, here's why it's perfectly natural not to have a close relationship with your siblings. Ah, okay. <laughs> so... It says many well-meaning parents love the idea of their adult children being close or best friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was reading that and I'm thinking, well, that is true. I mean, who wouldn't want their kids to get on? <laughs> I mean, I mean, who raises so children says, thinking that they're going to be enemies? You're, you're absolutely right. It doesn't know, even cross exactly. your mind. Yeah. So it says typically this comes from a part of them that has regret or disappointment from how their own relationships with their siblings turned out. Mm. I was like, yeah, okay, all right, I get you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, it says, or oh, a belief that the closeness they have with their own siblings should be something that they should experience. Mm-hmm. So it's either that you've had a great relationship and you want your kids to have the same thing, mm-hmm. or you didn't have such a great relationship and you want better for your children. Mm-hmm. 
So it says some parents struggle to see their adult children as unique human beings with interests, hobbies and personality traits. Mm. So it can be difficult for them not to understand why you might not be compatible as Mm. friends. Mm -hmm. It says we can love and appreciate our siblings whilst also not sharing any of the same interests, values or hobbies. For some people, the only thing that they actually have in common with a sibling is that they share the same parents. Mm-hmm. Totally. So How interesting. Oh, I think that this probably prompts some stuff for both of us, um, mm. which is interesting. And, and, and that's something that I, you know, it's funny now that I'm hearing this, I'm like, oh yeah, I, actually I learned something new today because I do carry some guilt that not all of us are close. Even though when we were younger, mm. we were like, well, nothing will ever rip us apart. We were so close when we were younger. And so and there's a guilt, like why, you know, I'm the oldest and why didn't we all stay as close and so forth. And, but now mm. as I hear these words that you share with me, I'm like, oh yeah, we all assume that we should all get along. And if we don't, yeah. that there's something wrong. But what yeah. you're saying is maybe there's something wrong about the assumption that totally different people with the only unifying thing is we came out of the same uterus. Like, and that might not even yeah. be the case. Maybe we're adopted uh, siblings, whatever that might be. Um, why yeah. should we necessarily have things in common? That's true. Mm. Interesting. All right. Thank you. We talk about every yes. sort of relationship on this podcast, not just intimate partner relationships. Well, they're all important, right? They're all, I think we are, um, you know, as human beings, you, you're interconnected across kind of so many different relationships. Mm-hmm. And often the things that play out in romantic relationships, you also can see some of those play out in some of the other relationships that we have in life. So it is important not to forget about them mm-hmm. because often the same challenges are going to face you. Yeah, un- entirely. Oh, okay. Well, I got us started. Okay. I feel like I I'm back to the desk. I, it has been a bit <laughs> of a break since we recorded. And uh, you know how you feel like you, you're going back to school after a summer vacation and you feel pretty rusty? <laughs> yeah. But then after the next, the first day, you're like, oh my God, I've got this. That's what I'm feeling now. I've got this. We've totally got this. Totally We've got, got this. this. <laughs> totally. So oh. would you like to get a hot topic? Yes, let's go. Okay. Today's hot topic. Breaking negative cycles and creating new patterns. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Ah. <laughs> negative cycles individually negative cycles as a partnership mm. and actually what is negative cycle it's like a negative culture like we can even look at the workplace and say that a culture mm. is a is a pattern of habits based on rules or yeah. maybe unspoken rules yeah 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 exactly yeah it's interesting isn't it because um i have through kind of some of the work that i've been doing with couples more recently some of the things that I think that come up and the thing immediately when I think about this hot topic, this kind of popped into my head is around um, kind of the old story versus kind of what actually reality is. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes with some of this, we can often feel like we've done an awful lot of work and we put in kind of a lot of effort to try and change some of patterns of behavior mm-hmm. and we've changed those but the brain hasn't quite let go of the old story mm. about why things were the way they were or how things are or how you feel about the relationship so sometimes even when we've done kind of a huge amount to clear things out and to readdress things and to get into kind of healthier ways 
we can still be, you know, holding on to this kind of old narrative about how mm. the relationship is. Mm, yeah, totally. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I think that before you clean anything out, you have to realize it's there. Mm. And it's not easy to see because, again, we all too often believe everything that we think. And, and that's one of the biggest things we have to understand. We cannot believe everything we, we think. We can't even really believe or put our too much stock in everything we feel because feelings are quite transient. But mm. the messages seem so real. Um, and we have to at least have insight to say maybe it's quite possible the way that pattern of thinking or that old message to even see it that it may not be 100% true is like the first step yeah. before we do any clean out. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's challenging your own reality. And this comes from kind of, I think, as you were saying, we've got to have awareness, we've got to understand exactly what's going on. And I think part of the picture, whether it's understanding the old narrative or whether it's just taking a bit of an assessment to see kind of where are we at, is to try and take that kind of step back to look at a relationship. And a question that I often ask clients is if, so if you were watching your relationship play out mm. like a movie, mm -hmm. what would you be seeing as the viewer of your relationship? Mm. Because it allows you to kind of almost take a step out and and look holistically inwards as a third party almost. So if you can get kind of a client to come, you know, to think about that conceptually and really kind of look at the relationship from that view, then it can be really, really helpful to say, well, actually kind of what, what would people say about us? How would they view us? Oh, what, what's interesting is I, I think about like, what if somebody filmed you in your kitchen, at your kitchen mm. table, or, or making dinner? Um, one common pattern is one person is trying to communicate by some means, maybe not effective, and the other person is terrified too. And so they'll shut down and they'll avoid the conversation. And then there's passive aggressiveness. And so you can kind of see these slings and arrows kind of um, mm. we've talked about the crockery, breaking a few dishes, or at least slamming them, you know, slamming things around to sort of let our partner know mm. that. And so these negative patterns of uh, hit and misses, mostly mm. misses in our communication, if somebody just had a camera up in our kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. What would we be proud of? What would we, <laughs> what would we be not so proud of if we were to yeah. just see it play up on screen? What would we cringe yeah. at? Like some of those really well-made films that are very realistic, um, which show sort of a, maybe a partnership, a husband and wife breaking apart, slowly breaking apart. Like you're watching mm. it, you're, you're watching a slow train wreck. So not to say that everything yeah. is like dour and bad and sad and relationships, but you know, the, the negative patterns, like if yeah. we can see it in a film uh, in a fiction with a fictional, um, a set of characters. Well, that's the thing though, isn't it? It's always easier to see kind of what other people are doing mm -hmm. than it is to, to see what's playing out in your own relationship. We, you know, I, I, I love watching kind of films about relationships. I love watching programs, like reality programs about relationships. I love just watching kind of, um, you know, any sort of like reality show where you see relationships mm. interacting because it's really, really clear to be able to see as a viewer mm. looking at the screen about actually, you know, they're not communicating very well with each other or they're not being kind of nice to each other, not not using kind words, mm -hmm. they're not showing appreciation, they're not showing any kind of warmth or gratitude mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. being thankful for what they've got in the relationship. There isn't, um, you know, you can almost see kind of two people that are, you know, at, at a kind of 
not loggerheads as in visually, although sometimes you can as well, but, you know, that kind of, you can see the undercurrent almost kind of playing out sometimes amongst people. And, you know, very often that can happen in our own relationship, but we're just not able to see it in the same way that you can see something when you watch it out on screen and it's somebody else and you're not emotionally invested. Mm, That's the key. Yeah, that's the key. I I was on the flight over and they're like kind of I was in the sort of the middle section of this massive plane and a couple of seats over there there was a couple and the guy was sort of on the phone for quite a while talking business and then um he gets off the phone and and he asks for his wife to pass him a bag or something and she kind of just chucks it and shoves it into his he's like hey hey you know calm down and she sort of retorts with this thing and then there was silence but it was pretty obvious that there was something about you know, maybe she had asked him, like, can you not take work calls on our vacation? Mm. And yet here he is having this massive and probably not, you know, I was overhearing the entire plane could hear what he was talking about. It wasn't like, it wasn't rocket science. It could have waited. Right. So the, yeah. you see these things so clearly playing out as your voyeur, you know, playing voyeurism uh, into other people's lives in a coffee shop or on a plane or on a bus. Um, we see it so clearly when it's yeah. somebody else. Mm. So imagine that you do start to see some of your negative patterns. What do you do yeah. to start to uh, correct them? I, I, you know, <laughs> other than waiting for the other person to change. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I think one of the things that um, that you do need to do is accept responsibility. Mm. Um, so I had a very interesting discovery call recently with a couple. And, um, you know, the, the the conversation was kind of playing out and... They, they were very kind of tense with each other. Um, obviously, that's why they kind of needed some help and support. Mm-hmm. So they're very def- very kind of tense, but they were also very, very defensive as well about mm. their own positions. And, um, you know, the question came up about, you know, between, between them, not kind of question directly from me, but was around kind of, is your expectation that by doing this, I'm the one that's going to change? Oh, wow. Yes. So, the, you know, in order for any relationship dynamic to change, both parties have got to accept they will be playing some responsibility in it. Oh, my. That, you know, and yes. when you get a situation, yeah, where somebody's just defensive, they kind of almost refuse to see their partner. They just want to see the part that their partner's played. It can be very, very difficult, you know, now and impossible to start to unpick any negative patterns of behavior because it takes two people, you know, relationships like a dance and, you know, it's either going to be a dance that you're going to absolutely enjoy and embrace Mm and, um, you know, feel delighted by, or it's going to be a dance that, you know, just feels horrendous and like it's never going to end and you're never quite in the same kind of groove as each other or um, kind of holding time with each other. Oh my gosh, that is so true. There are a number of people who will hire us and we know that the motive is to have a third person in the room to be witness to their partner's craziness and to say to the partner like, oh, you know, you're batshit crazy, you know, poor so-and-so. So funny enough, the person who reaches out for for counseling or coaching is, is oftentimes yeah. the person who's like, no, I don't need to change. My partner yeah. needs to change. I just want another person to tell them that and recognize that yeah. I'm right. And it's the whole need to be right. Yeah, no, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I think that is the hardest part is just actually both of you accepting responsibility for what's going on and then wanting to do something about it. So, you know, often 
I think the other thing that comes up as well is that it's not that easy to kind of change patterns of behavior. We know that the brain is um, programmed really well to do things habitually Mm -hmm. because it saves us time. It keeps us safe. It means that we don't have to relearn things. Mm -hmm. The the brain creates neural pathways that connect things together that say, when you do this, I do that, then kind of it all works. And sometimes that doesn't work in a kind of positive impact it has a negative impact Mm. because we can get Mm -hmm. we get caught in these cycles of actually when you when you do this and I feel like you are um I feel rejected by you then I'm going to shut down withdraw and Mm. that's going to be my response mechanism to be able to deal with that so if that's the case actually not kind of shutting down or being aware that you the first thing is to be aware that you're shutting down if we use that as an example Mm -hmm. so I'm internally I can feel that I am wanting to shut off Mm. and in that moment the trick is to say I really feel like I want to shut down right now Mm. but I'm not going to because I recognize that it hasn't helped us in the past and then you may make a request to your partner you may ask them to do something oh gosh that's a beautiful reckoning So you may then request something from your partner in order to kind of help you in that moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's important that we can kind of change some of those patterns. Like before I went on holiday, I was in a, I was just kind of like up high. I was stressed to heaven, had lots of things going on all at the same time. Then other events take over that are outside of my control and just literally cause me to be kind of up against it without kind of anywhere Mm. else to go Mm -hmm. and in those moments you know it's understandable that you're going to get quite stressed and Mm -hmm. and I just like said to my partner I said look I just can't I could, we were supposed to be going out for dinner because it's the last night I was going away with my daughter so we're not going to have any time together and it's just like I, I've got to be honest I can't do that because we'll go I'm not going to enjoy it you're not going to enjoy it because mm-hmm. I'm going to be thinking about all the stuff that I've got to do when mm-hmm. I get back mm-hmm. so you know can we change plans can we do something different and um and he's like yeah but without that communication mm-hmm. without sharing what's going on inside we just end up in a hot mess and then it's all a bit crap before you go away and we probably would have had a massive argument and then kind of you know ignored each other for kind of the week whilst I wasn't here and you know you can see how it can how an event can play out in multiple different ways but if we take the extremes it's either going to be kind of you know a situation that wasn't the best but we can still kind of make it as good as it can be or and kind of force against it and you know try and kind of push through and end up it ends up being a disaster mm-hmm. mm. I do like that which is the explaining what's going on behind the scenes and actually I've mm. been learning to use that which is because I've noticed certain behaviors where I get super weird or strange or yeah. or, or short or um and 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 as I'm starting to kind of get insight about what I am and who I am and so forth, I start to realize like, this is where I feel super awkward and this is where I just behave really bizarrely. And I just may need some time to be able to, or, um, I get really stressed out around travel. I didn't used to, but I just need to be early to airports now. It's ridiculous now. And I'm like, I'm getting worse. How did I become such an idiot who needs to be like, (laughs) so there in advance anyways, but uh, you know, and, and, 
so long as I can talk it out, because that's not entirely feasible at all times. Like I do have to be able to accept some shortening of that window. Sarah's smiling. She's like, yeah, no, (laughs) no way. Accept. No, you get it very early. That's the way it works. You know, shortening of windows, Anna. No shortening of windows. Well, you know, I, I, I am open to, um, I think that what's important is to know that the person has your best interest at heart is not yeah. trying to kind of disregard what's important to you. I mean, uh, yeah. whatever, so that they're, they're really listening to you, but they're also helping to nudge you beyond your comfort zones. Cause sometimes our comfort zones are not healthy. We develop these odd patterns. Um, and it is helpful sometimes for the our person in our lives to be like, okay, you could probably loosen that up a little bit. <laughs> And not be so crazy. <laughs> so I appreciate that. But yeah, it's letting somebody go behind the scenes so that I'm not just being bitchy without explanation, like a real bitch and, you yeah. know, um, uh, shutting down that I'm saying, this is why I'm feeling I'm really clipped because yeah. I'm terrified or I'm feeling very nervous yeah. or scared. Yeah. Yeah. And this is how yeah, it's true. Help. You know, the more that we can explain exactly what's going on on the inside, the easier it is then to manage those behaviors that happen, you know, on the other side of that. Well, especially because we all take something personally. However, anybody is behaving in our vicinity, we assume it's because of us, because we are the center of yeah. our own world. So that's like a terrible yeah. interpretation. Like somebody's being a real, you know, nasty person. What, because of you? Because you've done something wrong? Probably not, but that's yeah. the interpretation you run with. Yeah. Um, so yeah. opening this up as a question, like when you explain why you're acting in a certain way, it actually relieves a lot of stress and pressure. Like, oh, I thought you were mad at me. Oh, you mean we have an external enemy that we can both fight together? Perfect. (laughs) I'll take the tail and you take the head. And that's how we should run it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, food for thought. I could go here all day, every day on this topic, breaking negative patterns. I think it really is about understanding what are some of the behaviors or the impacts that are happening in your relationship that you're not pleased about. And then saying, what can I do in order to fix those? You know, mm-hmm. and it isn't about what, what do I need my partner to do? I think it is about what's, what, what can I do? What's in my gift? Mm-hmm. What's within my control? And how can I start to impact that? Because we know that as one person kind of slowly changes and makes improvements, the other person recognizes that. Mm. And then they very, very often, and I'm not saying it is the case in, in all situations, but very often they will then kind of, you know, nudge and change with their behavior too Mm, very nice and that's true oh all right all right shall we um shall we take a question yes let's do it today's question i'm struggling with intimacy in my relationship what are some of the ways that i can build trust and improve intimacy and how can I start to implement those strategies in my relationship? Ah, so my mind would go to one type of intimacy, as we all know. But let's like <laughs> broaden the lens and talk about what what is the definition of intimacy? So I would say intimacy is that feeling of closeness and connection that you get with another person where you feel like you, I mean, the, the listener there mentions trust. So having high levels of trust with each other does actually help to create that that level of intimacy so and it can come in multiple um multiple ways so 
I'm pretty sure you're alluding to the sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one element of it. Yeah. But other elements are kind of having that emotional intimacy, having that kind of closeness, that physical intimacy, which might not necessarily be kind of full-blown sex, but it could be, you know, just a, a touch of the hand, a, you know, a stroke of the cheek, a kind of, you know, I'm just going to touch your hair, like anything that, that you, where you've got that kind of, connection it could just be kind of sitting next to each other Mm. and being quite close or having your kind of you know if you're sat on a on the couch and you kind of lift your legs up and rest them on your partner's knee or you can put your head against their shoulder any of those things are kind of like Mm. their forms of physical intimacy and connection Mm -hmm. but you know it can be intellectual so do I feel like we are kind of really really connected it might be spiritual where it's about your kind of I get your views on the world or your mm. um, value systems or, you know, your, you've, you've created kind of a life plan where you feel kind of really mm. intimate and connected about that. So it can come in lots and lots of different ways. Ah, But I think okay. very often when we do talk about intimacy, people are talking about sex. They just don't want to say the word sex. Mm. That's so true. <laughs> it's so true. I love it. That's so true. So let's stay broadened out and not sort of narrow down because it is how do I build and mm. cultivate intimacy in my relationship? How do I build trust? And that's, it's a two to tango. There is a person who, there, there are two people, well, let's just in a relationship if there's two people, um, who are building trust together and it's being, it's getting vulnerable to let trust in or to become trusting of somebody and the other is to be trustworthy to actually conduct yourself in a way that somebody can actually trust and rely upon predictable honest behavior so it's kind of a two for tango there Mm, definitely yeah and what comes up for you when you're thinking about you know building intimacy I think you should always start small and then kind of move out to a degree you know um there's a great diagram which shows your kind of your comfort zone your stretch zone your fear zone and those circles get kind of bigger and bigger and it's not that easy I don't think to jump from kind of a place where you feel comfortable to a place where you feel terrified Mm -hmm. and to do the things that you need to do in order to to push yourself to those limits so I don't know say if for you you're in a situation where maybe kind of the sexual side of your relationship is completely dropped off a cliff Mm. and it's been like that for some time so you've had kind of you know years say of not having kind of that sexual connection Mm. to then kind of to make that leap then to go well I'm gonna go from absolutely nothing where I'm kind of in this safe comfortable zone where Mm. kind of feels okay to then go to kind of like right I'm gonna put myself out there and I'm gonna really kind of you know get jiggy with it Mm. might be a step too far for you so it might Mm. be that actually I've got to kind of build up to that and maybe it is just that kind of physical touch that's probably disappeared as well I would imagine Mm -hmm. and it's just about kind of you know Maybe you hold hands across the dinner table or, um, you know, practice giving each other a hug when you at the start or the end of the day. Mm. Um, So some of those little things and kind of build up to that. Um, But I do also think you need to have a conversation about it. We've talked in the past about people just really, really struggling to have a conversation about sex and kind of how they feel about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it just there's no better way than to actually just use your words that is true it's it seems you know it, it it's amazing what false interpretations and assumptions are there 
in between us if we don't actually shine a yeah. light on it and realize, oh, I did not know that that was your impression. That's actually not true. And here's mm. what is actually going on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's also sort of knowing the stage. So if you've just met, it would be reasonable. I mean, it'd be reasonable to not let your guard down to like follow the, the, the stage that's appropriate for the time that you've known the person and the intensity that you've shared with the person. So not to mm. say that everybody is on the same timeline, but the trust that you're going to have at six weeks is going to be very different than the trust you'll have at five years or 20 years. So, yeah. y- you know, I think sometimes too, we are in a hot rush to get somewhere and it is actually important for things to also unfold mm. because sort of intimacy is overrated in our society and rushing there seems to be Mm -hmm. something that like the faster we get there, the faster we'll commit, the faster we'll be able to hit the milestones. Like it's like a video game. Yeah. But there's just a lot of things like don't outpace what is natural in many instances, show up for every Mm -hmm. moment, but don't try to uh, sort of make stuff that's actually not there or not time to be. Yeah. It's not good trying to force the issue, is it? Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. I think this is something that people do, I mean, I hear it a lot that, you know, people are really kind of struggling with this area of their life. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think the inability to be able to approach it means that people actually then, it can almost be easier just to kind of, you know, write the relationship off and say goodbye mm-hmm. than it can be to, um, to address some of it. That's and I so think, true. as you say, our own interpretation of what we think is happening in that moment can often be the thing that sabotages us to be able to raise some of the the feelings that we've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, when in doubt, um, and I've heard something that, that sounds really beautiful, is like, you know, right now, because of my interpretations or my assumptions, I'm having a really uncharitable view about you or what's what's going on for you, and I don't want to have an uncharitable view. I want to have a nice rosy view. So help me rewrite what is going on in my head. And let's talk about what's actually going on. And see, I love how polite you've put that. <laughs> in reality, that that would come out very different, wouldn't oh, it? <laughs> in my life, it has come out very differently. Totally. Oh my gosh. <laughs> very true. And I don't think that we should throw the baby out with the bathwater and just, you know, give up on a relationship just because we couldn't do the hard things of actually bridging communication. Mm. Having said that, if a certain period of years go by and there's that much junk that's piled up, it is a Herculean heat, uh, feat to actually roll that back. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it, it it's a, it's very hard. So if you are in a newer relationship and you're having a do-over, a do-over moment, a chance to show up differently, that's where you can get really like that, you know, these charitable words probably come to me because I'm feeling this optimism in a a blank slate. A blank slate does have its benefits. And that is I get Mm. to reinvent myself and come to a relationship in a more mature, more communicative way, in a more generous way. Mm. Um, And I'm not having to sort of appear to somebody who's known me forever and is like, Oh, what are you doing? You, you never say that you're always a real cow. Why are you now being nice to me? What's, what's the ulterior motive where with a new blank slate, somebody's like, Oh, that was a really nice way that you actually put that. Thank you for being so communicative and open. So, you know, benefits of blank slate sometimes. Well, yeah, but that's not to say that we can't kind of change our ways over time and, um, you know, be able to, to share things in a different way with our partner, you know, that's the beauty of, 
having such a long life you live and you learn and you um and you show up in a different way when you know that the old shit hasn't been working oh that is so true everybody always changes they'll change yeah and many people change for the better so you know there's people who may have broken up with their ex and then their ex goes on to like have a really healthy relationship or maybe do some big foundational life things like have kids but they were never really into it when they were with you and you're like oh my god what a jerk why weren't they we're all dynamic we're all shifting and changing we've even talked yeah. about it on a past podcast you know oh my ex always did this and always did that no i mean check in with them two years later they're probably different they're probably improved hopefully you're improved too yeah. um yeah Nobody exactly. stays the same. Nobody stays still. Yeah. Indeed. Oh, all right. Well, so the sun has gone down <laughs> on my neck of the woods because now I'm a little bit ahead of you. I'm two hours ahead of you. And I imagine the sun is just... I know. Yes. I, isn't that weird? It'll be time for your dinner as well, you see. Well, you know, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so appropriate because dinner time in Jersey is probably a little bit, uh, you know, dinner time in Greece is like, I don't know, nine or 10. So I think we're going to be perfectly, yeah. do you know what we're, we are going to agree upon is drink time. <laughs> yes, I know. Now we're both uh, wine o'clocking. Yes, we'll have to uh, podcast with, uh, podcast of, with Vino. Oh, yes. Oh, I tell you. <laughs> Actually, I think um, I'm going to have a story for that next week on the topic of wine. Okay. Stay tuned. Okay, well, we shall look forward to that. Mm -hmm. Your next instalment. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, it is good to have you back. Oh, it is good to be back and it is good to have you back. We are back on Jordi Last and Success. Yeah. All right. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Jordi Last and Success. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one -on -one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.